welcome back to the Meet St. Louis podcast, the show where we take you behind the scenes of your favorite restaurants, breweries, and small businesses. I'm your host, Alexis Zotos with KMOV. This week, we went to Wydown Boulevard in the heart of Clayton. It's where you'll find three distinct restaurants, all with food and design that are equally stunning. And it's no surprise after you talk to owner Zoe Robinson. She's been in the restaurant business for decades and each restaurant has taught her something new. And each one, she continues to pour her heart and soul into every little detail. From E. Fratellini, where you feel like you could be sitting in Florence at the perfect Italian trattoria, then there's Bar La Frere, which might be the most romantic spot in the city, serving up classic French bistro food. And then there's her newest spot, Billie Jean. The dark walls are dramatic, and the contemporary American food on the plate has an Asian accent. That's where we sat down to talk for this week's episode, the large booth in the back of the restaurant, right next to the beautiful large window that you can't miss as you walk into the door. Zoe shared with us the highs and lows of her incredible career and why she has no plans to slow down anytime soon. So let's get right to it and let's meet Zoe. Well, thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. We're sitting right here in Billie Jean, a beautiful space, your most recent. Yes. Um, But it's been open now, what, two? Not quite two years. Not quite two years. years in December. Okay. Yeah. But this is sort of your latest venture right here on Wide Down. Did you always sort of envision creating a restaurant row, if you will, here? No. (laughs) (laughs) But this is a jewel of a neighborhood. Absolutely. And that's what's so nice about it is that it is so neighborhoody. I know that we're still in a suburb in St. Louis, but it's a little bit more urban mm-hmm. and it's a walkable neighborhood. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, I think that we appeal to the neighborhood clientele, but also people, you know, come from everywhere. Everywhere. Yes. So what drew you to Wydown initially? Well, I live in the area. Okay, that works. (laughs) And I was in the, I had a restaurant in the Central West End when I found this, my first space on Whiteown, which is Mm -hmm. E. Fratellini. Mm -hmm. And I just, it was, everyone told me that is too tiny. You will never be able to make it. There aren't enough seats. You won't be able to turn enough tables. And I just thought, but it's, it's just such a jewel. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a tiny little intimate that's just what it feels like to me. It's like walking into a little jewel box. And what year was that when you were looking? To oh open gosh, it? I don't know my years very well. <laughs> I opened there in two thousand one. Okay, two thousand one. So it's an institution, really. And I mean, <laughs> and that was back in the time when bigger restaurants were what everyone was doing. I Absolutely. Mean, you know, when you're looking now, people are going more intimate. But right. back then, I mean, we're talking. Those are the large restaurants. My restaurant in the Central West End there then was probably 2,500 square feet, and it was considered small. (laughs) And now my formula now is Mm 1,000 square feet. And mine aren't all quite 1,000. Right. (laughs) This one isn't. But it works for me. Mm -hmm. So when did you decide... Well, let's walk it back. Okay. You know, tell me about your first experience in a restaurant. Oh, (laughs) so I was in college early days of college and I got a job in a restaurant Mm -hmm. and I just fell in love with it 
I fell in love with the money. I fell in love with the camaraderie. I fell in love with the idea of learning service and learning cocktails and learning wine, learning food. Um, I worked in a corporate restaurant first, so they really tested the heck out of mm-hmm. us. And I can remember flashcards and really? really, you know, studying. And I found it so much more engaging than school. Mm-hmm. So I was 19. What were you studying in school initially? Nothing. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> going to make my mother happy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I just found myself not going to class and picking up more shifts and working more. Mm-hmm. And it, so it was just a natural for me. And so where was that that you first worked? It was a restaurant that doesn't exist okay. anymore, some big thing in West County. Gotcha. But that was the best training ground. And then I started working in more eclectic, you know, Central West End, mm-hmm. got hired as a bartender when I was 19. <laughs> you know, it just so, you know, some wilder places. But every one of those experiences taught me something. What was there a moment when you realized, okay, I think this is where I I want I see myself. This yeah. this could be a career. Yes. I think almost immediately. And then how did you transition from bartending and serving to saying, I want to take a larger role? Um, it just, it was a fluke. <laughs> I was working, the best stories are. <laughs> I was working for these two women and they were highly successful. My chef, Nee, and I were both working for them mm. then. And they were really successful. They hated each other. <laughs> and they wound up like suing each other and the restaurant closed. And the neighbors, it was in Lafayette Square. Okay. And the neighbors, you know, that was right when Lafayette Square was getting going. And mm-hmm. they really needed that restaurant there. It was right. helping, you know, build their community. So they just kind of approached me and said, if you'll take over, you can take over their lease. And, you know, I, I guess I bought their equipment mm-hmm. through the bank that they defaulted <laughs> on. <laughs> So it all just worked out. I was like 23 years old. Wow. That's impressive. I mean, it was a fluke at the time. I mean, when you look back, I mean, would you have recommended that to your 23 year old self? Yes. Yes. (laughs) It worked out. It worked out really well. And so what were those first couple of years like? You know, I was, I was younger than most of my employees. Mm -hmm. Um, It was hard, but it was exhilarating. Lots and lots and lots of work, lots of tears, lots of sweat, (laughs) but it was so much fun. Mm -hmm. What do you think some of the biggest lessons that you took away at that point that you still to this day think about? I think about um, being able to do every job in the restaurant, Mm -hmm. how important that is. Just tenacity. I, I just honestly think... You can do anything that you want. You can't take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I mean, the learning every job in the restaurant is such a key one. I mm-hmm. tell that to our interns as well in the newsroom and the same idea. Right. Learn to do everything. If and a then cook he- cuts himself in the middle of the night, what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, I mean, I imagine there were those times where sure. you had to just step Absolutely. in and do anything. Or the bartender or, you know, you have to know how to do everything. You have to know how to bust the tables. You have to, it, it's, it's more than just greeting guests. It's more than just putting food in front of them. What was the restaurant scene like in St. Louis at that time compared to now? 
I, I know that now it's, um, I mean, we've got so much happening right mm -hmm. now. It's so exciting. But still back then, I think it was too, just in a different way. Mm -hmm. Because that was when new American food was really coming up and, um, you know, good local ingredients and Chez Panisse, mm -hmm. Alice Waters, Wolfgang Puck. I mean, it, it was all coming to the forefront, the Silver Palette in New York. Mm. So we had a lot of outside inspiration. And I mean, I think all the restaurants back then really started to grow. Mm -hmm. But there were so many old school restaurants then that were truly wonderful. Mm -hmm. And those people were all great mentors. The Bomberitos, yeah. huge. They were so good to me and taught me so much. I feel one thing that I have learned a lot doing this podcast is how many chefs and restaurateurs talk about the mentorship now and how vital it is. Would you say it was still very similar back then? It was the exactly the same. And I feel like now my younger friends who are in the restaurant industry, I hope that I'm a mentor for mm -hmm. them, and I really try to be. Um, like I said, the Bomberitos, so many people helped me along, helped, you know, just their inspiration mm -hmm. was, was huge. So we're, where are we at in, in career wise? What year, what do, are we in the nineties? Is that where we're at right that now? That was like, that was in the eighties. Eighties. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so and then I moved to Clayton in the 1990s. Okay. Gotcha. So those years, uh, I mean, would you say that they were the most influential in, in landing to where you are now? I don't know. I think that any career that you have, your career, mm -hmm. it, all those years of growth turn you into something. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about mentors. Are, are there mentors now that you still, I mean, Many would call you a mentor right now, but well, are there I'm a mentor right now? Because I'm older than they are. <laughs> but, but are you still learning and growing? Of course, <laughs> of course. And I call people all the time for advice or thoughts, or you know, whether it be on menu or on valet parking, or mm. you know, I, I called Kevin Nashen when I opened this and mm. said, "What am I going to do about the cars?" How am I going to handle that? What does valet mean to you in that neighborhood? What would it mean to me in this neighborhood? What was his advice to you? His advice was don't pay all that money to the valet. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's those little things though, that I think so many people really forget that that goes into the thought process of a restaurant, especially in oh St. Gosh. Louis where we're so right. car driven. <laughs> I mean, so true. <laughs> Oh my goodness. People will say, oh, can't find a parking spot. I'm going somewhere I'm else. I'm going. <laughs> Here, my formula is if I can get them to park their car, mm -hmm. then I have them captive on the street. <laughs> <laughs> then you're good. And if they come in and we don't have a table, I'll mm -hmm. say, well, wait a minute. Let me call the other restaurant. Mm -hmm. Let me call E. Fratellini. Let me call Barley Frere. So we try to get them in somewhere. We try not to let them get back in the car. <laughs> That's a very good point. That's a good point. So when you were thinking back in the type of cuisine that you wanted to do that mm -hmm. excited you in terms of a restaurant, how did you go about building those menus and deciding which restaurant you wanted to do first? You know, for some reason, it all just happens very naturally for me. 
Um, and of course, I try to learn the cuisine that I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. When I opened E Fratellini, I had just been to Italy, and I knew that I had to have a tiny Italian restaurant. So, you know, I came back all fired up. Mm-hmm. I took my chef there back to Italy mm-hmm. with me. We took cooking classes. We, you know, w- wanted to try to capture those trattorias in Italy. And I hope that we did. I think that we did. And E Fratellini is, it's a special, tiny boutique restaurant. Well, and it's interesting too, because obviously being in St. Louis, we have the Hill, there are so many Italian restaurants. Why did you think I can do something a little different that draws in a different crowd? I don't know that it does draw in a different crowd. Mm It might. I feel like every restaurant is my competitor, mm. even McDonald's. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if you're going to eat, I, I want to be a part of your thought process. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't know. I just, no matter what city I would have done E. Fratellini in, it is very personal to me, and as all of my restaurants are. And I think that they could land in another city and still be different absolutely it's it's like a snowflake it's like anything that you would create Mm -hmm. would be different than what i would create absolutely well and you've created such a beautiful i mean all of your spaces really have a very unique beautiful vibe to them is that is the decor and in that aspect just as or you know more important than the menu creation i mean how does that do you get an idea equally important (laughs) In my mind, mm-hmm. in the experience that I want my guests to have, that's just as important. Mm-hmm. And so when you were creating E. Fratellini, I mean, what was the vibe you were going for? Where did you draw that inspiration? Just warm, glowy, romantic. Mm-hmm. And I wanted you to feel like you were in Italy. Or, and, and I don't want to say, I, I never want to take people out of St. Louis. Sure. That's not the goal. It's just to take them out of their everyday life, mm-hmm. out of the job that they just did well, for eight hours all day or the kids that they had to sit with eight hours all day. Right. And I do think that there is that experience that even if you are transporting yourself, whether it's to Italy or, mm-hmm. you know, wherever, that it, it's still, you're still in your home. You're, you're still home. You know, right, you're still exactly. right here on White Out. Right. <laughs> so you did Italian and then did... French just kind of come naturally? Was there a, a moment that sparked that idea? I always kind of butted that idea in my head because I didn't know French food very mm-hmm. well. But really, Barley Fair was supposed to just be a bar. Mm. It was supposed to be a tiny little waiting area for our guests at E. Fratellini. Mm-hmm. And then because of liquor license laws and, <laughs> you know, you had to have All a little bit of food to go with the, with the drinks. And so it just blossomed. <laughs> um, I, I still think that the menu there is even bigger than I want it to be. Mm. I wanted it just to just be blinis and caviar and pate and a little gruyere and simple, simple. But it is a nice restaurant. And I, it's, again, very romantic and quirky and... <laughs> <laughs> You mentioned you didn't know French food that well. How did you go about creating that menu and that idea? Reading, experimenting, cooking, cooking, cooking. And I say cooking. That means my chef is cooking, Mm -hmm. cooking, cooking. I'm the idea man. (laughs) So 
I come up with an entire list for him, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'll have books or, you know, Ben Paramba helped me a lot. You know, so uh, Greg Rennells, who's a photographer, he weighed in on the menu. I mean, there there were lots of different places and people that that come into play. But... um, Oh, I don't even know where I was. <laughs> anyway, it, it's just, you know, I come up with a list of ideas mm-hmm. for me, my chef, mm-hmm. and then he has to execute them. And that can take time and time and time again. And we work on it together. I cook. I'm certainly not as good as he is. <laughs> so you guys have been together since all the way towards the beginning. Sort of. He left me for a while. <laughs> <laughs> we were both young and a little hot-headed. Mm-hmm. And we had, I would say, 10 years apart. Okay. But then when I was opening my Pan-Asian restaurant in the Central West End, mm-hmm. I called him. And I said, we can't not do this together. And he agreed and came back. So, And we've been together since then. And I don't know what year that was. <laughs> That seems unusual, or is it? I mean, how rare is it to to work with someone for that many years over that many projects? Well, I think for some people it's rare. For me, it's my staff, a lot of us have been together. I mean, my business manager has been with me since my children were born, so like 27 years. Some of my servers have been with me for that long. What do you attest that to? I mean, this is a business that, that can see a lot of turnover. Right. And I'm not saying that we don't have turnover. Sure. But um, I think just mutual respect and, you know, you have to build loyalty mm-hmm. and you have to you know, make sure that you're taking care of people. I'm not perfect. <laughs> and sometimes I fall short. Mm-hmm. But I try. Absolutely. So you and me have been working together. When did then the idea for Billie Jean come into play? Again. All just sort <laughs> it of. It was just, it was real estate. So <laughs> when, when. What I was only, here before? It was a yogurt place. Oh, okay. And before that it was a hair salon. However, I've coveted this space for probably 15 years wow. or so. And it's this window Absolutely. And it just reminded me of Manhattan. I just thought, this is just so New York. This is such a great space. Mm-hmm. And um, I always knew that I wanted it. So I, I, <laughs> I have these building owners on the street. Mm-hmm. I also knew that I wanted the Barley Fair space. And it was the Y Down Shoe Repair. Okay. So I would go in and I would say, Mr. Cirillo, he was the shoe repair man, are you thinking about retiring anytime soon? Does <laughs> the retirement sound nice? I think he was like 80 something years old <laughs> and he was losing the shoes. And people still walked up to that space with their shoes in Really? Their hand. The same way. Yeah. Can I interest you in drink instead? But he was there forever and his father was there forever. And, and then I would, you know, be in touch with the landlord all the mm-hmm. time. If Mr. Cirillo ever wants to retire, I would love that space. Same with down here. Mm-hmm. Mr. Marcus, how's the yogurt shop doing? <laughs> <laughs> so I would call and hound these men until finally I would get the space. It is a beautiful space. And Thank I mean, you. it really does make you feel like you're in New York. I mean, it has that vibe. I mean, I remember when I first came in and... Actually, I had brought my sister who lives in New York, and we both were just like, 
This feels different than any restaurant we've been to in St. Louis. Both the menu does and the space itself. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people would say, wow, a black restaurant, you know, it's the walls, the, you know, the, the cushions back here. Uh, they would say that's wow, but it works so perfectly it's, in it's here. It's dramatic. Absolutely. <laughs> would you say you're dramatic? <laughs> I am kind of dramatic. <laughs> It's good. I mean, I feel like it takes a flair for drama to do this business. It's theater. How do you think that translates each night? You know, you are putting on a show for diners. Every night. And it is just like a performance. And all of the players have to be in place and they have to, you know, all be on. Sometimes we're not. (laughs) But I would imagine that sometimes a Broadway show isn't always perfect. Absolutely. (laughs) And most people probably don't even notice when there's those little mistakes. Exactly. People notice, though, (laughs) in restaurants. (laughs) So how do you split your time when you have all these restaurants? How how do you manage it? How do you split your time between them? Well, um, and I actually travel a lot, too. So... I feel as though I've earned it at my Mm -hmm. age and at this stage of the game. However, there isn't a day that I don't worry myself sick. Mm -hmm. Um, I have really, really, really good managers who I trust Mm -hmm. and who I think have the restaurant's best interest at heart. And I, you know, that's hard to find. It's hard to build that in someone if if you don't own it. Sure. But I have found really good people. You mentioned you travel. Do you find inspiration a lot when you travel for both the restaurants? And yes, absolutely. The design and the menus. And also just rebooting and refreshing and getting to not bust tables every night mm-hmm. is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, after your career, you do deserve that time to relax. Where's a favorite recent place you've traveled to? Well, I went to Italy in the spring. Mm-hmm. I went to Spain. What part of Spain? Barcelona. Love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My sister lives in Madrid. Oh, one in New York, one in Madrid. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not bad. It's really Those not a bad place to have to visit, visit my sisters. Nice. <laughs> you know, I'm encouraging my children to, like, maybe spend more time mm-hmm. in Italy in particular because I want them to live in Rome. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's my goal. And then I could go visit all the time. Mm-hmm. Have your children followed in your footsteps at all? Both of them are working for me currently. And I, I hope that that continues. I don't necessarily want to like pass the baton to them mm. necessarily. I think it would be, if they're interested in this, I think it would be more fun to let them have autonomy and open their own places mm-hmm. or do their own thing. I feel like there's so many, I feel like that can go two different ways. There are mm-hmm. some parents who would say, yes, I'd love them to come into this business. And others would say, oh gosh, I hope they stay as far away as possible. Well, my kids <laughs> always called it the path. That it was like, it was the very last resort. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but there is something really fun about being able to own your own business, number mm-hmm. one. Um, the freedom that you have. I mean, I just spent three weeks you know, in Colorado. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't have to answer to anyone. I don't have a, a vacation time that I have to, oh, I have to get back. I only have five more days of vacation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So having that sort of freedom is really wonderful. But it's not just answering to yourself. I feel as though I'm, ans- I, 
I'm responsible for so many people, all of my employees, all of their families. Um, I, so it's, it's two things. It's freedom, but it's also that sense of responsibility. I guess I'm just really a mother. I'm a nurturer. Mm -hmm. And I love that. How has being a mother, both to uh, you know, all the folks in your restaurants, but your, to your kids, has it changed over the years how you worked in the restaurants, how you thought about the restaurants? I mean, I think that I'm a natural, I have a lot of empathy and I'm a natural nurturer. Mm -hmm. So I think it's always been the same. You know, I, I will go the extra mile to help people or, you know, bring them along in their career or tell them maybe this isn't the best place for you. Mm -hmm. You know, let's maybe try to find something else. I, I get kind of involved with people. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to as mm -hmm. much anymore. I, it can be, I, I, I don't like to be overbearing, <laughs> and especially with my own children. <laughs> you know, I imagine that the restaurants have been part of your children's lives for a long time. You they mentioned really you got into the restaurant business at, in college. Were you always cooking, though, when you were younger, or did it, did it really not happen until later in life? The cooking part? Yeah. No, you know, when you work in a restaurant, I think, like, my third restaurant, I wound up. There's always a point when, if you are the manager, you have to get back in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Something goes wrong, or somebody doesn't show up, or the kitchen falls behind. So you do have to get behind the line, like you have to get behind the bar. Mm -hmm. um, but I've always loved food. I grew up, you know, with a wonderful cook my mother mm -hmm. and we always had great food it's all food has just always been a big part of my life i guess mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily gourmet food but it was well cooked well thought out my mom knew how to entertain were those memories that you've just really sort of thought about through the years in terms of that that hospitality that entertaining that you you recall from your childhood oh sure yeah my mom would, you know, throw together dinner parties. She'd wake up on Sunday morning and say, let's, let's start calling people. <laughs> you know, and then she'd start cooking and we'd be calling. So she really, she knew how to do that. I love to entertain. I love to have dinner parties. Mm -hmm. I don't do it as frequently as I'd like to. <laughs> well, it's got to be, I imagine, a little challenging when you have right. so much else on and your I'm, plate. And I'm a perfectionist about it, and I love to set a beautiful table, and I love to plan a menu, and I love to shop and, you know, get things ready and, and, and make it a perfect evening for mm -hmm. people. It's just part of me. What are some of the things that you like to cook at home? Well... <laughs> Since I've been in Colorado this summer, I go to the farmer's markets a lot, and I um, stuff squash blossoms. That's mm. been a big one, to the point that we're sick to death of them. <laughs> like, if I see another squash blossom, I'm going to scream. But I stuff them with ricotta and goat cheese, and I tempura fry them. Mm. Uh, it's on our menu right now because of that. It's over a grilled zucchini salad. Oh, that sounds delicious. And it is delicious. I've been making that. <laughs> um, I love to make pasta. I love to make um, ragus, like out of short rib. I love to braise things. I, I like to make everything. Mm -hmm. Do you get the opportunity to just be home and cook a lot? Or when you're not traveling, are you 
kind of here or there? I no. In St. Louis, I don't cook a lot. <laughs> but when I go away, and we have friends there, so I am able to entertain there. That's nice. That's yes. nice. Where do you see the business going? Where do you see your, yourself going in the coming oh, years? Gosh, <laughs> you know, I. It's hard for me not to want to create new things. Mm-hmm. So wherever I go, um, I'm always thinking, well, you know what they need here is <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Or I have other friends in the restaurant business that I'm always, you know, Ben Paramba and I are always daydreaming. Well, if we open a champagne bar or if we... <laughs> right. You know, so for me, it's hard not to daydream. And I'm... I'm a, a doer. So once I get a dream in my head, I, I want to do it just to know that I can, right. which is kind of obnoxious. I mean, it's wound up, you know, now I, I don't think anyone's going to say, please don't do anything else. I think we've all sort of fallen in love with what you have created. Well, that's nice of you to say, but I don't know. Um, my husband isn't necessarily fond of the idea of my, you know, like, oh, I have a new idea. And then I just, I, I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, I guess I'll have to stop. I don't feel old. I don't feel like I don't want to work. So uh, there will always be something. What I'm hoping is if my kids want to be in this business that I can kind of take a back seat and say, I'll consult for you. Or <laughs> Here's my dreams. Right. Let's, let's carry them on. <laughs> you mentioned Ben quite a bit. What is that like to find a, another chef, um, another restaurateur that you can really bounce those ideas off of and and who else in our city have you have you found that collaboration that connection with well he and I have become very good friends um I Corey Smale who owned Good Fortune Mm -hmm. I just really and even though he's not in the restaurant business anymore he's someone who is just so uh creative he has a vision that you can very clearly see in everything that he does in everything that he does and I find him so inspiring and he's just intoxicating (laughs) he's so much fun to be around Um, he's he's an inspiring guy Ben and I have a very you know we've been friends now for a while since before he opened Olio Mm -hmm. and he was selling me his sausage and what have you for (laughs) I Fratellini and he's He's a hard worker and he's a visionary. So he and I really, really, really click. Mm-hmm. How have you seen the that collaboration, that um, sort of camaraderie between restaurants throughout our city evolve over oh, the years? It's wonderful. I mean, and I'm I feel as though I'm probably a little bit too old for them. <laughs> And sometimes when I show up at things, they'll, you know, I'm not quite in that group, Mm -hmm. but sort of I am. And I know all of them. They're lovely. Are there certain restaurants, new spots that have opened that you're very excited to kind of see how those chefs grow and evolve and carry on this sort of next generation in our city? Absolutely. Nick Bogner. Yeah. 
And he's a doll. <laughs> and his mom is my age. <laughs> <laughs> so we had Nick actually on the podcast a couple weeks ago. But well, maybe a little bit more than a did couple weeks ago. I did not. She's lovely. Yeah, well, I'll <laughs> and have so to. is he. <laughs> we, had, we chatted with him before Indo opened. And now mm-hmm. that Indo's open, and they seem to be and doing it's very fantastic. It's delicious. Yes. Went there a couple weeks ago as well. So um, there's a lot of exciting things happening in yes. our city in the food scene right now. You a mentioned lot. things that you always are thinking about. Are there certain things that you think our city still needs when you travel to other places and you no. come back? Gosh, I feel like, um, oh, I've been in a small town, you know, for most of the summer, mm-hmm. part of the spring. And and also being in Europe this spring. I No, when I come back to St. Louis, I feel as though we've got a lot. We've got a whole lot. And you're from St. Louis originally, right? Yes. Yeah, so... Is it exciting to know when you look at some of these neighborhoods, when you look here at Whiteout, so how exciting. things have changed? But I mean, really. And grown. The Grove, your neighborhood, mm-hmm. um, the Shaw area. I mean, we were just talking about, I mean, what downtown. Ben has done to Botanical right. Heights is. And downtown now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel so hopeful about downtown. And the whole cortex, like where Vicia is mm-hmm. and. That is astounding. And it's astounding to me how those neighborhoods now, the Grove and the Central West End are like, really, they're becoming one. They're bridging yeah. into each other. I, and for so many years, I thought this isn't going to happen. Because you were back, you were in the Central West End for, for I was quite... in the Central West End. I was in Lafayette Square. You know, so, and Lafayette Square, again, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And there were some years where it had its lull, and that was spooky. Mm-hmm. I had to leave there. I mean, it, it got scary. Mm-hmm. It was scary, then it got good, then it got <laughs> scary again, and now it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is incredible just to, to see and to talk to people like you mm-hmm. um, who can kind of share those those stories from back when neighborhoods were different, where right. they've changed, and, and kind of how they continue to grow. It, it's, it's quite exciting. It is very exciting. Do you see for yourself remaining sort of here along where in this little restaurant row you've created? Do you probably I don't really have plans to go anywhere and I you know I'm I'm happy here. This is home. I can walk to each restaurant each night. Um it it's it's kind of a lazy man's three restaurant world. <laughs> I'm not sure anything is lazy about it. But you don't have to do that much. Mm -hmm. And really, all three restaurants only equal one restaurant. (laughs) In terms of size. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So when people say, oh, you're so busy, and I think, well, I only have 12 tables. (laughs) Well, and again, I mean, you've created these intimate spaces that, you know, just sort of scream date night. Um, But I imagine also that because of the neighborhood vibe, they are just the kind of places for someone Where you to go come. on a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. It's true. And I was at E. Fratellini last night for dinner. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's neighborhoody, but there were also birthday celebrations. There were anniversaries. Is it special to be part of those big moments in oh, people's absolutely. lives? Oh, absolutely. And engagements. That's a big one. Yeah. We get more engagements at Barley Frere, though, than anywhere. Do you? Yes. I I mean, you really can't. I mean, it's almost always on those lists of most romantic spots in our city. I have a really funny story. This girl, who you and I both know, I won't say her name, (laughs) but she took her boyfriend to Barley Frere one night, and it was just, you know, 
just this, you know, the candles and the lighting. And it was just, you know, one of those just purely romantic nights there. And he said, I hope you don't think that I'm going to propose. <laughs> <laughs> like he got terrified. <laughs> I love it. Well, was that her intention? Was that her hope? I don't think so. Okay. It was just dinner. <laughs> but sometimes those moments, actually, it's funny when my fiance was proposing to me, mm-hmm. he told me he very much didn't want to propose in a restaurant, that that terrified him. Right. And I kept saying, I'm like, do you think I'm going to say no? I mean, we've talked about this. I'm not going to say no. We went to Sydney Street the night that we got engaged oh, afterwards. Nice. And... <laughs> He was like, oh, no, look at all these people around. What if I had done it here? And it was very adorable, <laughs> the nervousness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I imagine there's quite a few proposals at all of your restaurants. There are. We, I don't think we've had a proposal here at Billy Jean. Oh, well, anyone <laughs> listening out there, right. here's your place. You can be the first one here. Um, date night for you. I mean, where do you love to go on date night? Oh, in St. Louis, I, I love all of Ben's restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> Olio, I adore um Nixta is delicious I go to Gerard Crafts restaurants a mm-hmm. lot too yeah. um we go to Sardella quite a bit I've been downtown a couple of times and it's lovely mm-hmm. um Sydney Street you mentioned there's some delicious. good date night spots around town really good. Sure. and I love the peacemaker mm-hmm. I know that that's not that datey but it's a good date night it's a good Tuesday night date night or a special <laughs> night date night right. I always think it is funny when you when you do think about restaurants in terms yeah, of Tuesday night or Saturday night. Right. You know, or right. even when you think of, of restaurants like Billie Jean where it's like, oh, well, it feels like too nice of a restaurant. That's a special occasion one. But again, mm-hmm. when you want to create this You can bond, come here in cutoffs and <laughs> flip-flops and people do at the bar and even at the tables. It's fine. You're just creating a, a good meal, a, a memorable, an experience and an a experience. show, as we've said. Right. But it doesn't have to be an anniversary for sure. It can be a Tuesday night. Spring rolls. That sounds delicious. I know, doesn't it? I wish I had some food for you. I felt so bad. I thought, the coffee is the delicious. We starve. We have nothing. Because you don't do lunch at any of your restaurants. We don't do lunch anymore. I really kind of regret that. We just stopped at E. Fratellini mm. last winter. Lunch is not that profitable uh, an endeavor. However... I, I do miss it a lot, and it might come back. Good to know. Good to yeah. know. Well, Zoe, thank you so much for joining thank us you. and chatting it's with been us so nice. about all of all of your years in, in this industry. It's really incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes and. Give us a review, leave us a rating. It really helps others discover the Meet St. Louis podcast. You can also come and tell us who you'd like to meet on a future episode. Give us a follow on Instagram at Meet St. Louis podcast. This episode was produced and edited by JJ Bailey.